Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hello, we are here at the Donmar Warehouse Theatre in London, and we are delighted to welcome director Philida Lloyd to the Curzon podcast. Uh, Philida is possibly best known to a film audience as the director of Margaret Thatcher biopic The Iron Lady, starring Meryl Streep, and the glorious film adaptation of Mamma Mia! The Musical. She has a long and successful career directing theatre and opera. She's been nominated for multiple awards and honours, including the one that I've chosen to single out today. She was named one of the most influential LGBT people in Britain by the independent newspapers. So, Philida, hello. How hello. are you? Very good, thank you. Fantastic. And we are here at the very Donmar uh, rehearsal rooms. Our listeners might pick up some piano that's coming from one of the rehearsals next door, but we are talking about a production that originated here at the Donmar Theatre in London, which is Julius Caesar. It's a production that was staged twice, once at the Donmar, and then again in a new temporary venue in King's Cross, and then it was filmed, and it will be screened on Wednesday the 12th of July at Curzon Cinemas. Um, the caveat to this interview is that, very embarrassingly, I have to confess that we are yet to see the film. Uh, so first off, I wanted to ask Philida to give us a quick introduction about the show and a quick description of what was it like and how did it all come about, the genesis of this very interesting and um, fascinating project. Yeah, the project began about five years ago and was um, actually unashamedly about jobs for girls. That's how it began. It was at the time of uh, the Olympics and um, I was up for a couple of jobs actually on screen um, that were for the Cultural Olympiad and one of them seemed to have about 80 roles for men and about four for women mm -hmm. and it coincided with me being asked if I wanted to do a show here and I suddenly thought um, okay let's do something that makes a small gesture towards restoring that balance and I suggested an all-female production of a Shakespeare. Exciting, so how many people are in the cast? There are 12. 12. Yeah. And they're all women. Yes. Um, what I did was I, I chose almost Shakespeare's most macho play <laughs> because I thought that was a way of putting um, most women right at the centre of the world stage. They were, had the reins of power and there was going to be hardly any of them who were sort of stuck in the domestic or the romantic role which is what in classical theatre you're usually um, that's where you're usually stationed 
and uh, Harriet Walter particularly had been she'd really sort of run out of road in classical theatre she had a few sort of as she says old crones left to play but um, you know I asked her what what she was good casting for in Shakespeare and she said Macbeth and Brutus in Julius Caesar and she said I've got a lot more in common with Brutus than I have with Cleopatra Mm -hmm. that she just played so that's how it began fantastic and then you assembled the whole cast uh, of women so obviously this there's a really strong political statement there in terms of representation not just roles for women but can you talk a little bit about how you went about casting in terms of um, not just gender blindness but also um, uh, if we can say ethnicity and uh... yeah I mean I I deliberately really set out not to cast posh people I mean Harriet's (laughs) posh but apart from her I thought let's just try and um, see everybody and some people who might not necessarily gravitate to the the top of the lists for a classical play and I then after that it was really about finding the people who had an amazing gift for taking this language and just making it their own and I thought you know somebody come to me with a very strong South London accent or a Spanish accent and say to me do you want us to do like BBC English and I say no I don't I want to know what happens when you in your own voice um, say these lines and I found a group of people who just had despite the fact some of them didn't necessarily have a conventional extended education, just the most amazing gift for making it feel like they were just making it up. And they, you know, there was a certain, I was also looking for people who were interested in the politics of this. Um, And, but what began really as a sort of an aesthetic thing, which was this decision to set it in a prison, in a women's prison, which was a, that was a kind of, it was a pragmatic thing about, okay, we've got to make the audience believe these women are capable of slaughter, they are obsessed by freedom and justice, they're in a heightened, heightened state and situation. And so that led to the setting in prison and that took us on a, on a huge journey. So because we became, we then started working in prison and that began to define the mission in, in, a, in a much broader way. So can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you did in, in prisons and particularly my curiosity is what did you learn from this kind of work that you didn't know about the play before? Well first of all um, when I had this idea to set it in prison I thought this could be totally bogus let's go into prison and actually work with a group of prisoners and ask them what they think of the play. And after a series of time spent in Holloway prison, the women in the group said to me, we've decided the play is very suitable. And they meant because it's a play about freedom and justice. It's got a huge sense of danger, violence, full of superstition. We found that the women in prison were very, very superstitious. and that Caesar's Rome was a kind of prison. So they began to, yeah, show us, um, well, first of all, they had lived lives that were the size of the characters. 
they understood about revenge, about justice, about banishment, about betrayal, about honour, um, that somehow through them we learnt the scale of what we were dealing with. And the play, you know, was already, when we chose it, an incredibly timely, um, it's, it's one of those miracle plays that never ceases to be uh, resonant. Um, Gaddafi had just fallen in Libya just before we began. It's a play about regime change, about the catastrophe that happens after a violent revolution, regime change, about the consequences of um, political assassination and what happens when there's a kind of descent into factions which is what Shakespeare shows that immediately you know the tyrant has been swept away uh, you think oh it's a clean sweep it's a new it's an Arab Spring it's a new but but what happens is the vacuum in this play gets filled by um, by people who just cannot work together and you see them immediately going into a kind of schism and I think that's the thing that makes this play it just gets done and done and never stops being um, never stops being relevant Absolutely, it seems to be incredibly relevant today for all of these reasons in fact there have been quite a few productions of Julius Caesar recently uh, not just in London but also in Stratford and I, I wanted to ask you um, you've, I'm sure you've heard about what's happening in New York with the public theatre production uh, whose corporate sponsors have now pulled out because the show has been accused of Trump baiting. The Julius Caesar um, character is depicted as a tall man with blonde hair who wears a massive coat and a red tie and uh, there's all this kind of political subtext going on and I, I'm thinking about um, I, I wonder what you think about this as a, as a filmmaker and as a theatre maker, but also as a person who has an investment in Shakespeare today. Well, I just have to say that it, this is all very, um, feels very um, close to me because this time last year I was in Central Park producing a Shakespeare, an all-female Shakespeare in New York, and we had Donald Trump in our show as well. He, he appeared actually as a, as a, he was a host of the evening. You never saw him, but you heard him. And of course, at that time, when most of New York thought it was inconceivable mm. that he would ever be elected, it, it just produced absolute waves of laughter and, and ridicule. But now, of course, the stakes are so much higher. And I think it's, um, it's, it's a really interesting time. And you know, I've been brought up uh, in a world of uh, government subsidy for the arts, most of my contemporaries have been trained and cut their teeth in what you would call a sort of world where there is a right to fail because you have that, um, you know, nobody's looking at it and going, we don't like what you did, we're withdrawing our subsidy. And now we are having to wake up and go, we can't do this work without investment, which is in a way much more the world of movies, more on that anon. But it really does make you go, okay, um, who you get into bed with in terms of your, your sponsors, who's paying for what you do, and do they want to have a say? You know, we as artists are used to being told, 
you know, what project would you like to do, agreeing that, and then having complete artistic freedom. Mm. So it's a wake-up call to think that um, certain sponsors would not go near certain work because it it is... Um, it is beating against the system, beating against the establishment, when that's why most of us are here. It's funny that that's almost the position that Shakespeare's company was in with the patronage of all these noble people, and yet Shakespeare managed to find so many ways to circumvent all of this and find critical points and really talk about society today. Yeah, it's, it's a f- really interesting that, and I think it's the sort of... It's what I think of as the sort of Hamilton factor. Mm. Not, not, not that I would say that Hamilton is, is you know, controversial in that sense. But what Shakespeare did was just, just as um, Lin Manuel has done. He took a subject that was two hundred years before the audience were born, and used that subject to talk about what's happening now. So it's, it's speaking metaphorically. It's speaking in code to the audience. It's not explicitly saying you know, Julius Caesar is Elizabeth I and she's in the audience. It's for the audience, you know, it's treading very, very carefully in a sort of, ultimately, almost a police state as it was. Um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But, yeah, he knew that you couldn't really set it, you know, right then but you could talk metaphorically about these themes. Yes, and I'm, I'm thinking now, um, theatre is perceived as something a little bit elitist. Um, many young people I know don't go to the theatre. I'm, I'm very young and I used to go to the theatre a lot and now I'm in film and I go to the film a lot and I always enjoy going back, but I always find that the, the audiences are ageing and uh, it feels like there's a kind of generational gap. Do you think that film might help breach that gap a little bit or what was your idea on filming the productions was there okay. a project there? okay I'm just going to start by saying that this project even before we get to the film had young people absolutely at the heart of it um, when we performed in King's Cross we um, had in fact sponsors who helped us to give away 25% of our seats free to under 25 year olds so we we had an incredibly young, very diverse audience for this. And it was those people we were speaking to with this work. And they are the, they are the group who've really carried us through this last five years, both in here and in Brooklyn and New York, where young people absolutely loved what we were doing. And because 
the project is really about it's not just about voices for women or even just diversity it's actually about do you feel excluded from our culture do you feel that something like this so-called crown jewels of our literature William Shakespeare is sort of over there we're saying no it's not over there you're at the center of it look at this grab hold of it tear it up make it your own and so it's about you know finding a voice do you feel voiceless do you feel marginalized do you feel like a kind of refugee from our culture and the decision to put it on screen i have very ambivalent feelings about theater on screen i think that it's a huge problem that the actors are usually having to act for an audience sometimes in very big theater spaces and yet there is a screen audience watching them with the anticipation that that you know you'd have in the cinema i think that um often it's very hard to get the camera where you want it to be when you've got an audience there usually sitting where you want the camera to be mm. it's hard to get movement it's hard to get on the eye line all of these things so all through this five year period we've been asked you know will you put these we've done three plays now caesar is the first will you put these out live and i've said no and i keep being asked would you do it no 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 but as we got to the climax of doing we did all three plays in a day in this pop up theater and as the enthusiasm for them was mounting and our desire to go on sharing them with also people who couldn't come and see them like prisoners who'd been part of the project I thought sod this we're going to get we're going to we're going to find a way of shooting this in a way that doesn't fall into those traps and I want to create I want to capture Harriet Walter's performance not just her because there's some amazing young people in this as well but capture an actress who's kind of at the height of her power someone you can take the camera in very close and you still think my god I'm actually giving I'm giving I hope the screen audience an experience that the theater audience could never have had that's been my mission not to make it a sort of you know a sort of fuddy duddy heritage record that's not what I wanted I wanted to make something that is beyond an extra to a theater experience albeit it's shot during two live performances and uh, are you did you film the other two performances as well the other two productions which i think yes. were the tempest and, and henry the 4th we wow. shot them both so in a way um sort of premiering caesar you know in in um cinemas and taking it to film festivals it's a sort of it's a it's a it's a start to see how they work whether they speak to people fantastic i i love this level of you know wanting to experience and experiment with different things that that you bring to all of your work and um about this i i wanted to ask you something which is about failure and uh harriet walter who i spoke to last week for the curzon blog said something very interesting she said if a man fails as a director he just fails he simply had a bad day but if a woman fails then it's a failure for women directors i don't think this is her opinion she was just quoting something that i as a director have also experienced and i wonder if you have always felt comfortable to experiment comfortable to 
go out there and do the work that you wanted to do or whether you have faced certain pressures specifically as a woman in the theatre industry or in the film industry whether there's any difference in there it's a very long convoluted question yeah I mean I think that you there's no doubt you feel you've got to be more prepared you've got to do three times the work um, we felt this very much with this project that we knew we were putting our necks on the block going into the male territory so we're going to make sure by God that the verse speaking is a million dollars and when I say verse speaking is a million dollars what I mean is that any child is going to be able to understand this because the speaking of it is so brilliant to get that level of speaking you have to work you know all hours much longer rehearsal period so I think you do have to you realize that you've got an opportunity that no one's been given before or no one's taken and by God it is going to work but you cannot go into it with any cynicism or any la la I'm just going to kind of phone this in um, and I think women do feel that they feel that um, they want on behalf of their sisters and those coming after them not to have screwed up and that's not saying you don't take a risk you take the risk but my god you do you do the prep do you feel optimistic about the next generation we are now one week after the general election we've seen young people come out in droves to vote and really kind of make a stand, it seems to me, for a certain kind of society. So optimistic. This project, when people say to me, what, what, what's it given you over the last five years, aside from my greater understanding of the criminal justice system and how, but there but for the grace of God, might I be in prison, I think it's given me a complete um, sense of hope about the next generation. I think the, and the young actresses who are in this film have been my mentors. Um, you know, they might say I've taught them a few things, but my God, I've learnt so much from them. And one of them things is a sense of, yes, in a way I think my generation were much more neurotic about um, taking control, being the director, being the leader, being the leading actor in a thing. They're like, bring it on. And they also understand that to be an actor you need to have other strings to your bow, so they're becoming producers, they're becoming writers, they're musicians. And, but as women, they are so much um, more, they're just cruising through. And, but I feel, yes, in terms of the political sphere, people are committed, you know, my nephews, the, the 20-somethings, they're so much better informed about the world, about geopolitics, and I think my generation were. That's partly social media, but um, I think there's everything to hope for. I just want to talk a little bit about how this film was shot. Oh yes, And please. why somehow the staging gave me an opportunity to do something that I wouldn't have had had we done it in a more conventional space. First of all, um, these plays were staged in the round which meant that it was possible to put the cameras... Um, we, we shot it over two nights and it was a tiny bit kamikaze, but I decided to shoot it like a movie. In other words, I shot it in two takes where we did over shoulders one night from one end, we did the reverses the other end. 
So you are literally looking at scenes, theatre scenes, which are cut together like a film, which where you're literally cutting line by line between two actors, which you might think, well, how the hell did you manage that when you, you've got continuity, you must have had continuity issues, do you have staff following continuity? Something about the um, fact that the actors have been working on these projects for so long, so their precision and their you know hitting marks and repeating rhythms and was made that possible. But I also wanted to go in here and break up the often static nature of a live capture. Capture, I hate that word. Um, and so I used um, a number of GoPros, which um, sometimes I put them on the actors, sometimes I was dressed as a prisoner myself, hidden under chairs, and but we were literally getting inside the action and to create camera movement and to create something of the frenzy and chaos and danger that both the play and the prison spoke of. And I hope that's something that, you know, a younger audience will find speaks to them. Some of it's shot on mobile phone. It's, yeah, mobile phone, GoPro, handheld. And um, it goes in close in a way that, um, again, some of these performance captures, there's a, there's a sort of feeling of let's just sort of stay back because we this isn't rehearsal we're not we need to sort of play safe and make sure we're covering everything but I pushed in and um, I think you'll you'll think that particularly with the actors playing Brutus and Cassius it really really screams out it's very very powerful sounds excellent we can't wait to be right in the middle of the action then and uh, finally, our question is, what's next for you? What's your next project? Okay, so I am um, going to... I am working at the moment with Tina Turner. Wow. Um, on a show about Tina Turner. Sounds so excellent. That's going to come out next year, and um, I'm very excited about that. We'll be dancing in the aisles, I'm sure. I hope you will be. Thank you so much, Philly Deloitte. Okay. Um, Julius Caesar screens at Curzon Cinemas on Wednesday the 12th of July. Do not miss and check out the Curzon blog for our interview with Harriet Walter.